And now, weighing in out of the blue corner, Josh the Pong Thompson. 100% And on the other mic, he weighs in from the red corner, Big John McCarthy. Well, good day, everyone. It is a Sunday, and yes, another edition of the Weighing In Podcast. We have had a bunch of fights going on. We had one FC with John Lineker as the headliner knocking his opponent, Troy Worthen, out cold. It was a big fight for one, and it was a fantastic showing for John Lineker. Then we went to the PFL, and nothing but upsets the entire night. And then we had the UFC and a huge upset win. For Thug Rose Nama Yunus. I know you're a happy man there, Josh Thompson. I am. <laughs> Talk to me, baby. What's up? Oh, man. Well, let's let's go ahead and just jump right into this. But first, before we jump into this and everything, I want to make sure you guys hit that subscribe button. That little button down there, the little red thing, hit that thing. It says subscribe. Subscribe. Hit that subscribe. Subscribe. Button. Subscribe. Subscribe. subscribe button. <laughs> hit that button down below and uh, make sure you guys subscribe to us as well as hit the little uh, bell. It's off to the bottom side. So you guys know when we drop our shows tomorrow or today, I should say, as you're, we're dropping it now. But then uh, in our midweek show, we drop it randomly at different times on a Wednesday, sometimes on a Thursday, but mainly on a Wednesday now is which we're working on. So it drops it sometimes. Podcast Dave, talk to us. Nine, ten, eight, seven, six, five, four. Okay, there you go. Hit the but bell hey, and you'll know. Yeah, make sure you guys hit the bell and you guys will know when we drop our show. So we want to thank you guys. Hit the thumbs up. That shares our videos. So that pushes our videos above other podcasts that aren't as good as ours, like Arahuani and DC and, you know, and Believe Him, You, whatever that one's called. <laughs> All those other ones. So it pushes us above them. And then that lets you guys know as well that we are the top MMA or combat sports podcast. So, uh, but let's get right into one. John Lineker, great performance. He oh. jacked. Dude, <laughs> I was like, we were talking about this off air. And I was like, is that him? Is that is it like? I mean, first he shaved his head, and now he just looks freaking just jacked. I mean, maybe the weight cut. Hey, he looks like about 145 pounds. Maybe the weight cut wasn't good for him. <laughs> maybe the weight cut wasn't good for him. In the oh UFC. man, now it's better when he doesn't have it. Great performance. Kept his uh, hands up, chin down, and was able to just unleash straight right down the pipe. Sat his opponent to his to his butt, and it was lights out. He hit him with one follow up punch, and it was all over. Yeah, I mean, you you take a look at just the experience of Lenniker compared to his opponent. Troy is a good young fighter, but doesn't have the experience to uh, be in there with a guy that is still at the top of his game and has got power in his hands, and he proved it. He did what he was supposed to do. He went in there and got rid of him in the first round. That's what a veteran who's still, you know, fighting for that elite level, that's what you're supposed to do, and he did it. So congratulations to John. He looked great. He, lo he has looked fantastic ever since going over to 1FC. So it's been a good, uh, a very good move for him. Did you watch the – did you see any of the clips or the highlights from or watch the fight between John Wayne Parr and uh, Nikki Holskin? Yeah, I watched it. Oh, sad. sad. Yeah. Well, you know, it's – look, at Nikki Holskin is one of the very best kickboxers in the world you know, that there's been. In the world today, if you want to say, but he's, get, he's getting older too. But John Wayne Parr is a great guy. I love him. He's such a nice human being. He's so fun to be around. But he's, you know, he's had all kinds of things happen. He's got a new hip. Yeah. You know, and he's had all kinds of fights. He's like, this is my last fight. <laughs> and this is my last fight. Well, no, no, no. This is my last fight. John, 
I swear, this is my last fight. No, that wasn't my last fight. This is my last fight. And that's, he can't stop. Yeah. And, you know, when you're looking, saying, would I, would I still like to see John fight? Sure, against somebody that's of the age and the caliber that John's at now because he's slowed down. You can't put him against a Nikki Holskin. That, that was just, in my opinion, that's bad matchmaking. That's wrong. I mean, we've talked about this before. This is also a business. And when it comes down to what I'm paying you dictates on who you fight. And that's really yeah, many times to. And it doesn't matter what promotion you, whether it's one, whether it's Bellator, whether it's UFC, whether it's PFL, whether it's LFA, if I'm paying you a certain amount of money, which I'm sure they're paying John Wayne Parr a, a pretty decent chunk of money. Okay. Well then we're going to pick you to fight certain guys and John, he's never backed down from fights. He won't back down from anybody. He, won't. he loves, he loves what he does. And it, yes. this is just part of the game. He's like, he got up and he was obviously upset and disappointed, but he understands this is part of the game and they shared some mutual respect and they know each other and they, they're very uh, humble with each other. It was great. It was also, it was sad to see because like you were saying, John Wayne Parr is not at the level of Nikki Holskin right now. And like you said, Nikki Holskin's also getting a little bit older, but John Wayne Parr's significantly older when it comes to his body also is yeah. a lot older. So, um, not what I wanted to see, but overall, I mean, it's it's crazy that he's still fighting. To be honest, Dude, he's had to, John's somewhere in the 130 professional fight range. Wow. That's crazy. Man. 130. That's nuts. <laughs> Hard pass, man. I'll I'll pass on that. I could be wrong. He could have even have more, but I mean, he's just that's what, 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 how many fights has John John had in kickboxing now? 133. 133 he's got 99 wins he needs See, and he's, he's, he wanted that that one win and i'm being i, I called his uh his one of his kickboxing matches in bellator and he won the fight and they gave it to the other guy and i was like that was it that would have been his 100th win Damn. and i was like that sucks too bad yep well i think also too with now that he, he's gotten older he doesn't look as finesseful as he did when he was younger. Yeah. He always looks off balance. He always kind of throws things at weird angles. And, and so it just doesn't look good. Like in the judge's eyes, I'm assuming like everybody else on the outside looking in, it doesn't look as good, but it's still effective. Yeah. I mean, he was landing some shots on Nikki Holskin. He just couldn't, oh, yeah. he couldn't get the power that, that Nikki could to generate to land the, the clean shots. Yeah. But I mean, overall, I mean, I'm, I'm always going to be a fan. I'm sure you are as well. He's oh, love guy. him. He's a great guy. Uh, Leonard great guy. looked great, you know. Uh, but it was kind of a wrap for for the one. I mean, the overall card was, you know, what we're getting right now is is good. I mean, there are a couple of good fights here and there, but you know, we're gonna keep promoting them though. I mean, you know, we work for Bellator, but we're gonna promote the sport of MMA. This is what we are here. This for. This podcast isn't working for anyone. This is ours, and we talk about what we want. <laughs> yeah, I like that. Yeah. Um. All right. So let's uh, let's go ahead and get into PFL. Well, I mean, boom! Was there some upsets? Do you want? Do you want to start at the top or do you want to start at the bottom? Like, do you want to get into uh, like the Bubba Jenkins, Lance Palmer? Do you want to go? Like, where do you want to get? I mean, uh, what's his name? I don't even know how to say his last name. Brendan. Uh, oh, oh my God, Lonin. Lonin. How do you say it? Lonin. Come on, come on, baby! You can do better than that. No, two plus two. Lohane. So Lohane. Okay. Brendan Lohane. What's that? There's an N right in the middle there. Yeah. Yeah, it's Lohan. Don't worry about the N in the middle. It's Lohan. Okay. I, I Brendan see, is good. See, I told you he was good. Didn't I not? Don't listen to Dave. Dave's trying to say the N in there. He's like Lohanin. <laughs> oh, geez. Uh, he was good, man. Good. Just touch, touch, touch. And lights out. 
Man, I first saw him fight uh, in Russia. Uh-huh. And it, he was fighting for ACB at the time. And uh, I did his fight. <laughs> Afterwards, I see him. Uh, they they would have a thing with food and stuff. And see him, we sit down and talk. And I said, brother, you are good, man. And he was. It was like, hey, just, you know, just keep building. Because he was, he was throwing all kinds of combinations and just different things. And, and he had power. And he's good. You know, he should have. He went. He went and did the the Dana White Contender Series, I believe. Look at his record. See if he went and did a yeah, he Dana did. White's. He won, but they didn't take him. And I was like, boy, that was one of the biggest mistakes they just mm-hmm. made. Because he would have he would have done incredibly well well there. The PFL picked him up and was smart in doing that. He is a good fighter. He's going to give people fits in the 145 pound weight. Well, my phone fell out of my pocket and started. Sorry, guys. My apologies. Is something buzzing there? Yeah, just no. I, I, it, the volume must have been almost like rang like a doorbell. Ding dong. I was like, yeah. um, no, he was good. Very impressive. Touch, touch, touch. Right on the chin. Uh, shame on was out, out cold, folded over. I mean, if you're giving out bonuses and performances of the night, he's up there at the top. Oh, you know, come on. That you know, if you're in the the PFL with their little point system and the way they do things. First round knockout, that's what, six points? Points, I think, yeah. That's the way to do it, man. That's yeah. how you get into that finals and you go for that million dollars. So he, uh, he's going to do well there. Bubba. Bubba and Lance. Man, Lance Palmer ran into someone that did not respect him and went after him. Bubba Jenkins looked good. He looked better than he's looked in a long time. I'm going to make excuses for Lance. Go ahead. Lance just had a baby. I don't think Lance is going to be the same fighter. As much as I love me, I love me some Lance. I just think that Lance is, I mean, he just had a baby. I want to say like a, maybe a month ago, maybe, okay. maybe a little bit longer. Maybe I would say it's probably a month. Or, I, I just think that that type of thing will affect his, his performance in the cage. I, I think he's in, he's always in phenomenal shape. Yeah. This fight, he didn't pull the trigger. He didn't get after it. He didn't try to wrestle. He I, looked uncomfortable. Yes, I don't know what it was, but he just yeah. didn't look the same. It was no. almost like he didn't he didn't want to wrestle. Like, no. why do I want to wrestle someone who's as good a wrestler as me? Why? And I was like, well, because you're losing the stand up right now. Like he was he was waiting and waiting and waiting, and Bubba's faster than him, and Bubba's punches were straighter, and Bubba's so relaxed there. And once Bubba started touching him, he realized Lance was got confidence. He just started building and building, and there was no reason for Bubba to take any chances because he was he was inking away the rounds. And I'm like, Lance, you gotta go, man. You gotta go. Uh, so there was a lot of things that I, I I would just I'm gonna make that one excuse for right now. I don't know if that's gonna carry over for another, but I mean I also agree with you though. Bubba looked he he looked good. It's the best he's looked in a long time. Yes. He looked a little bit more comfortable on the feet, but I think he's also because way more comfortable on the feet because you're fighting someone who you know is not as is are as equal with you or you're a little bit better than them on the feet. Like Bubba puts a lot of pressure on him on himself to get takedowns because he knows that his standup is good, but it's not it's not as good as like some of the other guys that have really good standup. And yeah. so he puts a lot of pressure. And when there's a lot of pressure on yourself to get the takedown, there's an adrenaline dump. You slow down. You don't perform as well. There's a lot of those things that starts mind fucking you. You know, when you can't get the takedown, you're like, hey, I'm supposed to be wrestling and this guy's stuffing me and now he's going to touch me on the feet now that my arms are blown up and I'm trying to get the takedown. All of those things play a factor. But Bubba didn't have that concern. 
He was relaxed against the fence. Even when Lance did try to take him down, he was relaxed. He was calm. There was a lot of situations where I felt like Lance could have capitalized, and he didn't. Bubba had a good performance. I think he caught him, not not caught him slipping, but I, he, he, like you said, once the momentum started going that way, it was like a snowball, and Lance just didn't recover. And when I said Lance, Lance didn't look comfortable, he couldn't figure out the range. Yeah, He was having problems with the footwork and to create the angle that he wanted. He was getting square a lot. There was a lot of things going on. It just was not a good night. For Lance, but that you know, you know, and I, it's you, you don't want the losses, and I know Lance, you know, never wants that loss, but sometimes it's good, you know. He's done so well in the PFL. Sometimes it's good to have that guy that all of a sudden, you know, and especially in the PFL with their their system of their tourney that's a little bit different, where you know Lance can come back with points, yeah. have a couple of good performances, and you're putting yourself right back into where you're going to face Bubba again, and you can change it around. You know, if you change the way you're fighting, so it's a good place for him to be, and I hope he learns, you know, some things off of that fight. Where, hey, you know, everybody's dangerous anymore. There, there's no easy fights. I don't care where you're at, what organization you're in. You know, for the most part, when you're in those upper echelons, no easy fights, man. Everyone's tough. You just don't want to paint yourself into a corner though, where you need to get a finish to advance into the the like. Oh yeah whatever the quarterfinals or the final yep. or the semifinals, whatever it is that they, however they do it. You just don't want to paint yourself into a corner where you're having to fight through that. And like, Oh, now you got more pressure on yourself to get the finish. If you don't get the finish, you're not going to win. So that that's kind of, that's something he's got to avoid. I know it's early. This is the first fight of the whatever. season. Yeah, they, call the it a season. season. they call it a season. So we'll see, you know, yeah. uh, I, I thought Marcin hell looked really good. Um, he had, he was putting together his, his standup. He, he was backing up, but everything he was throwing was working. And landed. Was, yeah, it was landing. And Schultz, he just wasn't throwing enough. Had he thrown a little bit more as you walk in? Look, if you're a young fighter, putting pressure is just not enough. You have to put pressure and throw while you're putting pressure. And I'm going to give you an example. There's other guys that have done that that have still lost. Jose Aldo uh, against Marlon Moraes. You can't just put pressure and think that's going to win you the fight. Marlon Moraes was touching him and touching him more than Jose was put like more than Jose was even and though Jose I, looks like he's the guy leading the dance and going after him hard you gotta throw yep you gotta throw that, you're absolutely right that's the position that Marcin Hell was in and he was every time that Schultz was walking forward Marcin Hell was hitting with the uppercut a little bit of the jab a little it just pumping little things out there but they were effective and that's what ended up winning him the fight yeah good stuff I, you normally look and you you look for Marcin Hell to be winning fights not with a stand-up yeah. More with his ground game, but his stand-up actually looked good. He did, again, in the end, look tired. Mm-hmm. You know, he definitely slows down in fights, but even though he was tired, he was still throwing and landing, so got to give him credit. He looked really good against a good fighter, and that, that was a big win for Marcin because he had, he had been having some a uh, couple tough fights, and every time he stepped up, it was just not quite enough lately. And that was a big win for him. That should well, give him some confidence on, back. The tape on 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 Marcin Hell was that he he gasses. He used a lot yeah. of energy to try to get the takedowns. He used a lot of energy to ch- to chase. Try to get the leg locks. Yeah, try to get the submissions, and it's not there. That's a lot of energy spent that you don't you're not going to get back. It's you're hard to catch your second and your third win throughout the fight. And so I think Schultz was just thinking, if I keep putting pressure, keep pushing pressure, he'll eventually fold. And that never happened because he was the one actually landing the shots. Oh yeah. 
Had Schultz been throwing punches, it would have been a lot more effective, and that would have tired uh, Marcin Held out a lot faster, and also even more than what, what we saw. So, yeah. but uh, John, I gotta say, you hit the freaking nail on the head. Clay Howard is good. Told you, good. And I'm like, <laughs> and look, he doesn't do like you were talking about. What's the other the other Allen kid? It's nothing flashy. No. The other kid from the UFC, Arnold. Uh, yeah, yeah, Arnold. Allen, like, Allen Arnold. Allen Arnold. Nothing flashy. Nothing, but just touch, touch, boom, boom. What I loved about him was body. The body oh, yeah. is what opened everything else up. Pettis was not used to that. He wasn't expecting that. As he started getting hit to the body, that started opening up the head, and Clay. Oh, the hands him. came down. Touch, and it was, and it was, it was, it was nasty. I don't know if I agreed with the score, but I mean, it, like in terms, of, it was close. It, I mean, like, but one judge had it uh, twenty nine twenty six. I think is what it was. And I was yeah. like, well, that's a that's a little bit too much, but uh, but I thought it was a good fight. I thought it was a, I thought it was a great fight for Clay Collard. I think uh, Pettis I think, though. I expected this, Pettis not to come in as as good as he did. Honestly, first fight in a new promotion, coming from the UFC, a lot like I've talked about this forever. A lot of fighters that come from from the UFC believe that I'm just going to walk in and dominate. And we, John, what do we say? We say this every freaking fucking show. What do we say? <laughs> There are really stone cold killers in other organizations everywhere, everywhere. And, you know, and Pettis ran into one tough, tough kid, tough kid. But, you know, the whole thing that uh, I I thought that Collard won the first round. Uh, He did the better work. The second round, he killed Pettis. And that was a 10 eight round, Josh. I can see how you're giving that. uh, No, uh, this is what cracks me up because the PFL has their fights fight point system thing that they're putting out there and they had out of 100 points they gave clay collard a 98 and they gave pettis a 57 pettis didn't land a fucking thing in that round, okay he got knocked down twice yeah he fucking almost got stopped he freaking took nothing but punishment and then you look at the third round and he had a beautiful, beautiful you know a flying knee blasted him with the the big uh, head kick up high and he knocked him down with it one knockdown right collar comes back and he fights some but you know definitely pettis is round and they give collar a 51 and pettis a 97 i'm going well how in the fuck is your point system work there man you got you had one knockdown you get fucking 97 but he gets 51 it's like your point system sucks but i think they're still trying to figure it out they're trying to figure it out yeah, I, I think I think also too when you start trying to make it that complicated for people to follow along, you just gotta let it go. Like I don't think you need to have that type of point system. You either fucking won the round or you didn't. That's it. That's what yeah, you go yeah. with. Let's just keep it as simple as possible. Like we're not out here trying to fucking reinvent math, okay? Let's <laughs> let's just keep it as simple as possible. Two plus two is seven. So anyway, but I do I do give it to Anthony Pettis coming oh. out of that second round into the third round. Man, that's what that's what a winner does. He came back in that round and he had a he had a great round. So he's got that to look at. You know, he he knows he knows where he made his mistakes. He knows the problems that he had and he's gonna fix those. But way to go, Clay Collard, man. Way to way to undo <laughs> what the PFL was looking for, man. Yeah. You took out their big signee right in the beginning. That's that's what you're supposed to do. But that's what you're supposed to do. Absolutely. Right? This this just like I said, this keeps going back to what we are talking about. 
there is killers out there and when you're like oh well amp and i know in the comment section you guys even before you guys make sure you guys watch the damn show before you start commenting about what we talk about the pfl watch the whole show the bottom line is everyone's gonna say in the comment you guys i'll see you guys typing it right now oh he's washed up he's old he's this let Not me watch a couple fights ago he beat stephen thompson who now everybody in the comment section is protesting should get a title shot so let's let's just dial it back. He beat Stephen Thompson, and I love. No, not only beat him, knocked him wow. unconscious. And I love Stephen Thompson. We had him so on the I. show. We love Stephen. We we're big fans. Okay, but let's stop with the whole hate of like, oh, now because he's not in the UFC, that he is washed up and he's done. No, 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 no. Clay Collard is that good, and John's been trying to tell me that for two weeks now, and I had never really just went and did the research and looked him up. He's the pressure he put the touch touch he had that nate diaz almost filled to him very calm super hard he was very calm his conditioning was super on point i was expecting him to slow down because anthony was moving so well and anthony was touching a little bit in that first round i was expecting him to slow down no he actually picked up the pace as the fight went on anyone can get caught with what pettis caught him with at the very end with the head kick i was like oh shit that was sneaky you it was know? nice of him to survive yeah. that man yeah that was a hell, hell of a shot beautiful shot on Pettis's part that just lets you know that you know he's not done you know and he's someone that will come back as the fight goes on but before everyone starts commenting that Anthony oh because he left the UFC he's washed up he's this and that no no Look, that's why the UFC let him go is they knew <laughs> they let him go come on <laughs> come on <laughs> uh anyways he uh it does put a little ripple in it but I I'm gonna say the same thing about Pettis and I'm gonna say about Lance that I said about Lance Palmer is that it really just comes down to like it's gonna make it harder for you guys now to get into those that first round of the actual tournament style to, to see if you're gonna advance to the finals. You've painted yourself into a picture, uh, painted yourself into a corner where it's gonna be hard for you guys to get back on track. See, Pettis to me has more of the style of the finishing style. He can finish any of these dudes anytime if he if he's on if he's on point. Okay, Lance yeah. not so much. Lance is a grinder, someone who gets on top of you and just push punishes you and punishes you. Makes you want to quit. Yeah, and he wasn't able to do that against Bubba, and a lot of the guys won't quit, so he ends up going the distance and just collecting the normal, what, I think it's three points for a win. <laughs> um, so it's uh, he's going to have a harder time. Lance going to have a harder time getting to that into that opening round of the tournament than Pettis because I think Pettis has the ability to get some finishes. You know, he's super sneaky on the ground. We've seen that before, but he's also just nasty. We saw it in the third round, sneaky on the feet as well. So um, not exactly what the PFL I think in their mind was thinking, but if if I'm the if I'm the P, if I'm the top, I'm happy. PFL, I'm like hell yeah. We told everybody our guys were good, and then right here we just saw it. he's damn good. So good. hey, this is why we watch the sport of MMA. Okay, this is why. <laughs> um, what else you got? UFC. All right, let's jump into the UFC, man. Look, <laughs> should we start with the fans first? Okay. Let's let's start with the fans. It was weird, but I loved it. But it was weird. I loved it. I loved every second of it. It I was but it, did you not kind of sit there and go, dude, there's people in the stadium. I, I'm just I'm, That's so fucking cool. I'm a little But it's weird. <laughs> it's crazy. I, I but I honestly believe, I honestly believe, look, um, John, I watched I watched the a couple of the fights and the very the very first fight you could tell with Na Leong and Car well, how do you say her last name? Carlosi. Car that fight itself right there set the temple for the rest of the night. There was a couple fights in the middle that were uh, you know a little lackluster, yeah, but overall the card was that. good. The card was good. I was very and we if you guys 
if you guys want to see everything in one night, you got it. Because the uh, Carnalosi fight and Naliang fight was a knockdown drag out for, you know, for the two rounds that it was. Uh, it was a great fight. Jeff Molina, uh, he had an outstanding performance all the way up until the last 10 seconds. I can't even pronounce that guy's name without butchering it. Uh, or Aori, Col- I don't know. They were saying it nice on the thing, and I was trying to write it down and, and uh, phonetically, but I just... <laughs> but uh, that, that was a great fight. But, I mean... Molina was winning the fight. I felt like all the way up until the the last like probably ten seconds of the fight, where it was it was a good fight though. It was a good Molina's tough man. He's got a great chin, comes forward, very soft with his boxing, but he was actually sticking and moving, staying left to right. His hands are good, very good. Um, what do you think? You uh, let's see what else. Let's see the Vargas fight. It was kind of a little yeah. lackluster. I yeah. think that yeah. So the Vargas fight was a little lackluster. Um, what'd you think of, okay, this is what I want to talk to you about. Kevin, you can say his last name. Natividad. Natividad. Uh, was it early stoppage? No. Okay. Yeah, and this is, it's hard for, it's hard for the fans to see it, but what you'll see when he gets knocked down, he's trying to, trying to grab hold. He gets hit with a shot and Josh, it freezes him. He get and so the camera angle doesn't show you his face and stuff, but if you saw his face, his eyes would have been blank because mm-hmm. he was frozen his body is just shut down at that time that's what herb saw and that's why herb came around came in to stop it he was starting to come back a little bit off of it when herb was finally down there but it was a good stoppage he got frozen and that's why he got stopped yeah because anytime i see the guys or the yeah, reaching hands, trying like, to, kind of reaching trying to grab yeah. him closer yeah. I, i'm like what are you stopping it for like don't that that's the worst i'd be i would have got up pissed off if i was able to get up and you know <laughs> function but so i just i still saw him trying to grab kind of like Li zhang man yeah <laughs> she was mad Ooh, we'll get into that jeez oh. yeah so i that was my question uh with you was whether that was an early stoppage. that was not a bad stoppage that, that was a good stoppage he got there was one point you saw one shot hit him and he just stopped everything and it was frozen there in that moment and then herb is coming and and you're seeing him come down so you see that response but that's why it was stopped. It's understandable. I know exactly what Herb saw. And it's it's a good stoppage. Got it. Um, Sabatini and Connolly. Yeah, it's one of those other floater fights. Go ahead. Yeah, you know it was uh it was exactly what I thought. Sabatini being the guy, really good wrestling, good jujitsu. Um, Tristan trying to you know just be that gritty guy inside. Came back in the third round, wins the third round after getting basically dominated for the most part in the first and second. But it was one of those fights. People don't realize how good Pat Sabatini is and how good that win was against Connolly. Because you know when you get two guys that they're both really good. If you work out with them in the gym, you go, oh, my God, this guy is so good. He is all over me. I can't stop what he does. That's both of these guys. And they just happened to get matched up. And so it kind of canceled each other out, even though Sabatini had his moments and he was going for things. But I'm looking, I'm going, he's not going to get that. He's not going to get that. Just based upon knowing Tristan and and how good he is. But, you know, what Pat Sabatini did in that fight for his opening fight in the UFC, man, he had a great performance. He really did. Because the guy he was fighting, you figure that was at 145. Tristan Connolly beat Mikhail Perea at 170 yeah so for me i feel like when i was hearing all of this and i was seeing the fact that he was a little bit slower yeah 
uh, than Sabatini. And yes. also as well, as you could tell that like they were talking about on the broadcast and I don't like to, I don't like to listen to them too much. Not just them, any broadcast. I yeah. want to just watch the fights. Um, Connolly's chin wasn't the same as it was at 170. He got rocked in the first round. He got a, you know, he was, he was taking the shots, but he was not the same fighter. He's got to find a happy medium. Maybe it'll take a little bit more time to get him to be acclimated to that, but he's not a fast guy. And when no. you go down and wait, what you, what you have to remember with fighters that drop in weight, the guys get faster. That doesn't, a lot faster. That doesn't mean that you're going to get a whole lot faster. No, you're not going to get faster. You know what I mean? So, and that's the one I, that's, I've always said that's one of the biggest mistakes for fighters that are getting older. They think, oh, I'm going to go down in weight and, and be more competitive. No, no, actually, you're going to, it's going to be worse for you. If you're going to do anything, go up in weight where they're slower. That's why you see boxers that go from like 205, they all of a sudden now go up to heavyweight because they're like, whatever, man. Like these guys, sure, they hit hard, but I'm faster than them. I'm more athletic than them. DC was a classic example. You know, he was should have been fighting at 185, not not 205. His body frame was that, but him being a heavyweight, he had so much success, so, so much success at heavyweight because he was so much more athletic and faster than most of those guys. And so, um, but I look, that's where I looked at it with um, with Connolly. He just looked a little bit slower. I think the weight cut, that much weight, all those things started to have effect. We saw it with T.J. Dillashaw when he fought. Um, Cejudo. Yeah, Cejudo. It's like your chin's not the same. You know, you need fluid in your brain, you need fluid in your body, you know, for your chin to, to absorb those shots. You start playing with start playing with your chin getting knocked out, your career won't last long. So that's a, that's a crazy situation to be in. Um, Don't Brennan play Allen. with the hydration levels. No. Brendan Allen and the um, ankle lock. Man, you know, Brendan Allen, look, he looked good. He had that, you know, the loss that he uh, suffered. But he's a good fighter, man. And, and the fact that he's at uh, Sanford MMA and with the guys he's fighting right now, you know, he, he had that one setback with Sean Strickland. And it was a great fight by Sean, and Sean really pieced him up. He was just getting hit with shot after shot after shot. But and, and, I, and I, going into this fight, I looked and I said, ah, man, Carl Roberson, is, he's a good stand-up fighter. And off of what Sean did, I'm like, this is going to be a tough fight for Brendan as far as he needs to get this fight to the ground. He's way better than Carl on the ground. He needs to get the fight to the ground. But he looked really good in the stand-up with him. I was really impressed. I mean, he was moving. He was landing shots. Uh, Carl is, is a damn good stand-up fighter. And Brendan was right there with him. And then when they got into the, the little transition and you saw Carl going for the leg and then People need to understand when someone, you know, just because both guys are going for the legs doesn't mean that they both have the ability to get the leg. Yeah. It's how is how is the legs being controlled with the other fighter's legs? You've got to look for that control factor. And when you see what, what was occurring, it was like, oh, you know, Carl, get out of there. Kick out of there. Don't don't stay. And it was like, nope. Mm. Brendan Allen got a very nice, you know, they said heel hook. I think it looked, it looked like it was a straight ankle lock. Yeah. So... It was a it was a nice win though, man. He really looked good. Yeah, he's gonna come back well. A submission finish is always nice, especially when it's uh, in the first round. <laughs> yeah. Um, I only want to talk about the Dr the Dwight Grant fight, not because I've trained with him and I know him, but I want to talk about it because of the scoring. Okay. What did you think? I think he looks like Eddie Murphy. <laughs> it was like watching Eddie Murphy fight the whole time. 
Oh, <laughs> he does. He looks just like him, man. Oh, I'm God. watching him. I said, damn, Eddie Murphy can fight, dude. He's looking good. <laughs> I know he's a friend of yours. The only uh, difference is he's got the kind of semi-Mohawk thing going. Yeah, he's got a little, yeah. I did uh, not think he won the fight. You don't think so? I thought he won. I thought he won the first two. I thought he lost the third. I don't, yeah. think, I don't, think, I don't think one takedown was enough to win the first. No, it wasn't. Yeah, but the, in, in sec whatever Sekulik or whatever his name got one takedown at the end of the first. Yeah. And nothing happened. He didn't, Dwight got back up before the round ended, and so it was like kind of one of those. I thought Dwight landed the harder shots in the first round, so I gave the first round to Dwight. Okay. The second round, I could see it being a toss. You want to call? That's it what first. I thought. Okay, and I thought obviously I thought Dwight lost the third because of yes. what happened. No Oof. doubt about it. Close to being finished. I also thought, even though what's his name Sekulik, Stefan or whatever, I'll just call him Stefan because it's easier. So, so he was coming forward. He was putting pressure, but he yeah. wasn't throwing anything. We just talked about the type of pressure. If you're going to put pressure, you're going to walk someone down, and they're going to move, and the other per- your opponent's going to move around. You've got to be more active. He just yeah. wasn't active enough, inactive enough for me, and that's not being a homer at all. I thought Dwight won the first two rounds. I thought he lost the third. Um, you know, it just it wasn't enough. Honestly, both fight both fighters could have fought way better. I, I looked at it the same way as you. I thought that Dwight won the first round. I didn't think the the takedown was enough. Yeah. Uh, I know that uh, Joe and uh, DC were like, "Oh, that was a big thing for him." He had he had lost yeah. by getting hit with harder shots in that round. The second round was close either way. Yeah, and it was really what did you want to give credit to? But it was a close round. And then the third round, Sekulich really he almost had him finished. Yeah, and that's a big thing. And that's why I said, "Eh, I, I would give the fight to Sekulich. It was close, but it." It, it could have gone either way. It was a close fight. It's really that second round and the way you looked at it. But that's a good that's a good win for uh for Grant. He's uh he's a difficult fighter to deal with in the standup. He has got a long reach. Yeah. Man, he's got long arms. He's got power. He just needs to throw. Yeah. And his corners were telling him that's what DC was saying. His corners are like pleading with him. You've got <laughs> to be more active. You gotta throw. Because here's the thing, like he's his when I've cornered him a couple times, he's the best when he's in a dog fight in terms of like throwing down and then backing away and being able to put a little bit of pressure. He never was that that fighter tonight. There was like one little occasion, I think was in the second. I can't remember where it was. They got into a little skirmish against the fence and he landed the cleaner shots and then he started going after him. Like I think even Joe said like, oh, he unleashed the beast or some shit like that. Anyways, I think that was in the beginning of the second round. And that's what gave that's what made me think that Dwight won the, the second round. So I had Dwight winning the first and the second. I thought he lost the third hands down. Yeah. So I mean it, it was like you said, it was a split. The the, the second round was a split toss up. It's, it's a close one. Yeah. Th- those are the ones that I don't get any heartburn over. And you know, a lot of people are all you know, oh no. It's like, no, it's okay. I look at like I look at the takedowns, like both takedowns at Secular God or whatever. It just they wasn't enough. He got the takedown and nothing really happened. Dwight was able to get back to his feet. There was no threat of submission any of that in the first two rounds. There was no like threat of the submission. There was no real like heavy control, have vicious ground and pound. There was none of that. I even thought that when Dwight got the takedown, he did more ground and pound on the top position and then backed out. You know, I mean, he had landed a couple like clean shots in that in that ground up pound. He was able to control the position, whereas Sekulik wasn't really able to control the position. Dwight started turning his back, started giving away, got back to his feet. So if I look at who had the most control of any of the ground positions, I gave it to Dwight also. So, but I mean, like I said, like we've been saying, it's it's a toss. It was in that one, yeah. How you want it? Um, let me see. Let me see. Let me see. Randy Brown, dude, he's big. Oh, he's big. Good God. I was yeah. like, 
What is he like? Six, six, three. Really? He's yeah. enormous for the weight. Yeah. I'm like, how in the hell do you make 170? I mean, he, he made Oliveira look small. Oh man, he uh, he's a stud, man. He oh. he's got really good boxing. He's got good stand up, and he's so long. Yeah. But you know, it was funny because Oliveira hit him a couple times in the with that low calf kick, and he, you could tell it's like, oh, that that's hurting. Yeah. yeah. And we'll talk about that certain technique a little bit later, but he's uh he's good. He is a tough dude and he's uh he's fun to watch. He always goes after people. I'd refed him once before and you know, I was like he, he stopped a guy. He's just a he's just an athletic. It's like I, there's something about guys from Jamaica. It's like that's why they're all the all the big sprinters are from Jamaica, man. They're just athletes. Yeah. You know, and he's he's athletic. He's fast, he's strong, and uh he is long for the division. Cuz Oliveira's long and Oliveira wasn't even close to the you know the length that he had. Yeah, that's great. Oliver is long and lanky. I mean, Oliver used to fight at 55, but he's got a body frame of a 70-pounder. So, but when I saw them standing face-to-face in the cage, I was like, Oliver looks tiny compared to this guy. This guy's enormous. And so, um, I mean, you think about, like, Rockhold, right? He's big for an 85-pounder, and he's 6'3", 6'4". Yep. You know what I mean? And this guy's 6'3", for 170. It's another 15 pounds. That's insane to me. But, uh, yeah, overall, he just his boxing, like you said, was on point. Just touch, touch, boom. He's got to work on checking those kicks or doing something with keeping the shin turned out. But that boxing style doesn't allow that. Like, if you have good hands, you generally have a little bit more of a pigeon toe in that lead leg, which opens you up for that calf kick. So, Oliver had the right game plan, but Brown had the better stand-up, <laughs> the better boxing. Well, he, the, but the, the, the whole thing with it is everyone with the, you know, he got the one-arm choke. Yeah. No one wants to tap to the one joke, but you know, if it's done right and you can, you know, a lot of times you'll, you'll reach and you grab to your shoulder and you'll hold on and you can just, if you can elevate it enough and get enough of your chest into them, you can choke somebody out. Well, a lot of it has to do with whether you have long enough arms to go all the yes. way across and put your palm across the back of your opponent's shoulder and then cover it with your body. So they, you're using it like a, as can't a pull press. It. Yeah. So yeah. if they try to pull it, there's nothing for them to grab and your body is blocking it and also putting pressure in your palm yep. to hold it there. So is it easy to finish? Absolutely not. But it, a lot of it has to do with their, your body style. And we've continued yeah. to say this. We're going to continue to say it again. Body style, this body style in MMA seems to be very effective you know i mean he's been blessed 170 at six three i mean he's in the right sport for being honest being in the right sport yeah. doing it so it was very effective in the way he was able to get around the neck and uh you know and get the finish dave what in oh. the hell are you doing <laughs> there was a piece of plastic in my microphone i was just pulling it out well you should try i don't, I don't even want to know don't even want to know don't even want to know <laughs> jimmy like, crute he's looking at the- Anthony Smith. Uh-huh. That was that was interesting because there's a couple things I want to say in here. Jimmy Crute was e- it, it. It's so weird how it ended because Jimmy Crute was eating up Anthony's leg and Anthony was eating up Jim Crute's face with that jab. Yeah, he was that jab. Anthony looked beautiful with it, but to land a good stiff hard jab, you've got to put a lot of weight on your front leg. And he was, and Jimmy Crude at times was timing that and, and landing an effective, you know, lower leg kick. But you see what happens with one leg kick when it kills the nerve. And that's what Anthony did, you know, to Crute near the end of that. I, as soon as it happened, I said, you know, I, I texted you. I said, there's you know, something's wrong with his knee. 
because that's where I saw the kick land, and I thought, eh, he tore his knee. And then it was all of a sudden you saw his foot folding, and I was like, nope, it's the nerve. <laughs> and it's like that nerve, that perennial nerve goes down. It gets shut off by a kick or anything. There's nothing you can do as far as your foot's going to flop. Eventually it'll come back, but it's going to flop. I, and I had someone, you know, putting out the question, you know, that's bullshit. A doctor stops that, you know, he could have gone on. No, he can't. You can't let somebody who cannot support their own weight go out and fight. It doesn't work that way. You know, we don't put people with just one leg, you know, hopping around to go out and fight. It's not part of, you know, the sport. And when you are in that position as Jimmy Crew, now you become a stationary target and things only get worse because you can't move. So good job by Anthony Smith. Anthony looked good. Anthony looked in shape and he looked fast. Yeah, I'm going to disagree a little bit on the call of letting him go back out. I think if you're the ref or you're the judges or whoever, the doctor, I'm going to give you one minute. You need to show me something. If you give me one minute and you can show me something. Yeah, do it, dude. I mean, because it's nice nice of you to say. He had the right game plan. He said after that, I'm going to go out there. I was going to pull guard. That that, that means that it gets rid of the foot. The foot is no no longer. No, it doesn't. It it doesn't get rid of the foot. It doesn't get rid of the foot. No longer necessity. Yeah, really? Okay, so when Anthony Smith stands up and backs up. Okay. I stand back up and you come back to me. You're going to have to come to and me. You're, and you're going to flop and then I'm going to step away. Sure? And the referee's yeah, going to say, he hey. Gotta, you got to take down. You can't be timid. His, his leg was messed up. Because if you flop to your butt, you're being timid. You got to take you're down. You're not listening, Josh. You're I'm trying to you. talk about something that you're wrong. I'm right. Okay, you're wrong. Right, John. Okay. Right. You've got to let him fight, John. All right. If you, Then what you need to do is you need to get a medical degree, and then you need to take that medical degree and throw it in the trash because that's what you're asking a doctor to do. He's you not going to do that. When that. you can't support your own weight, the fight's over. That's the way they're going to look at it. He could Michael, support his Michael, own weight. Well, look, Michael Chandler, walk. What, what did you see in that fight? Well, because he flopped on his butt in the corner. No, Michael <laughs> Chandler. The corner took the stool <laughs> away. He took the stool away. That's why he fell down. That's why he fell down. But same thing. You can't, a doctor is not going to let a fighter go out yeah. when they can't support their own weight because that puts, as soon as the, the doctor does and then the fighter, something bad happens to him, guess who's liable? Look, I understand medically why it they can do it. happen. I get it. I understand medically why they do it. My, but my being a former fighter, just talking about it, I just think like, hey, his game plan was go out there, get a takedown, or pull guard. And I'm thinking to myself, well, that takes rid, of, that gets rid of the the feet situation, you know. So you're able to hit submissions, do what you need to do. I mean, I don't know. I wanted to see something more. I want to see like another minute and a half. <laughs> I'm playing devil's advocate here, to be honest. Uh, yeah. I understand. I get all good. It. I think it's bullshit, but I get bullshit. It. <laughs> bullshit. It's all bullshit. Oh, man. All right. Well, let's get into Chris Weidman and Uriah Hall. No, they should have let Chris Weidman go on. <laughs> <laughs> he was going to pull guard. Oh, jeez. <laughs> it takes the right out of it. <laughs> jeez. Um, gosh. I mean, we were, we were texting back and forth during this, and we you said – what did you say? You said, why is everyone wincing over this? It's just a broken bone. It's just nope. the shock and all of it all. That's what it is. I know. You're I, understand, I, I understand that. And, and it's, I feel bad. I, first off, I feel really bad for Chris. You know, no one deserves that. He goes out there, he throws a kick and his leg snaps. It can happen at any time 
to anyone. And I've had multiple times when I've had guys break their legs during fights that I was doing. And you can always hear it. It's there's a sound to it that's you you don't forget. It's a it's a definite sound. But it's a bad injury, and I feel terrible for Chris. And Chris, I hope you recover well from it, and uh, good luck with it. It's probably going to need surgery. It's going to be a while before he's back if he does you know, decide to come back. But everyone looks at that, or they look at you know someone's arm breaks and say, like, "Oh my God, that's horrible." But then they they look at a knockout, and it's like that's okay. You watch George Masvidal tonight get hit with a right hand that was a fucking heat-seeking missile. And then he gets hit with a couple of hammer fists, and he's unconscious. And all I'm telling everyone, and I know you don't believe it, his injury is worse than Chris's. All right? He suffered something that's way worse in the end than what Chris is now suffering. And I feel bad for Chris, and it's not saying that his injury is not bad. It is bad. But... The brain injury that Masvidal suffered has a more lasting effect usually than anything that you, else you're going to have in MMA. And it's what everyone, once they see it, it's like, oh, he's okay. He's up. He's okay. He's not okay. And this is where fighters need to really learn. As Chris needs time. He needs time away from the sport. He needs time to heal, all those things. Absolutely. And so does George. George needs the exact amount of time, if not more, than Chris does because he suffered a serious injury with that knockout. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, yeah, but I uh, when we were we were texting, it was because of his optics. It's what you look at, yeah. you visually can see. You can't see the brain trauma. That's true right now, but you can see visually. Oh, we've, you very rarely get to see it. That's another thing, you know. So when you very rarely see an injury like that. It makes it even more, ugh, like turn away, don't look, it's gross. You know, and like when when I was fighting Benson, the same thing happened with my thumb. I looked down at one time when I went to like fight his hands off and my thumb had folded back into my skin all the way back into my wrist. And I was like, looked down, I almost threw up in my mouth while I'm fighting. I was like, it's fucking disgusting. Like those type of things. Chris, though, and, and just to be honest, like I went back after the first round and had no idea how it happened, when it happened, I just knew it hurt. Yeah. I went to move it. I think my thumb's broken. And Chris then I, had no idea it happened either. If you look at Chris's face, he He's didn't no even idea. realize it until no. he went to put weight on it. That's you right. You get flopping around right when the kick lands. Yeah. He had no idea. His facial expression does his facial expression does not change at all until he chose to put his foot back down on the ground. Almost a hundred percent of the time, it's that exact thing. It's that the fighter has no idea it's happened until they're going to take and place their weight back on the foot and they step on it and then it really folds and then they feel pain off of that yeah most of the time they don't they do not know when it lands that it's actually folded around is broken they it's always that look of when they step back you'll see them like ah and you know it's a horrible thing to see and i feel really bad again i feel bad for chris i really do i mean how old is he he's 37 is he 37 I think he's, oh, it's Chris, 36. So he's 36. Coming up this in June. June. So he'll be 37 in June. He'll be out for at least six months. Oh, he, <laughs> no, I'm saying like 20, for him, yeah, for him 2021 is gone. Yeah. But for him to start training, I'm saying six yeah. months. He's going to take him 20, six months. 2021 is out. 
and it'll be a ways into 2022 if he decides to you know come back from it. Uh, I'm sure he will try, but you know, you know you never know because you know just think of you know your injuries. Think of other guys that you've known that have had uh, injuries that you know they just don't heal the same sometimes. You know, and it, it, there's a pain sometimes that's still there. Um, even Anderson when. Chris, you know, blocked the kick with Anderson and Anderson broke his leg. It took him a while, you know, and he was always talking about, you know, people saying, oh, man, he's going to have steel in his leg. It's going to be more. It's like, no, that's painful. It hurts. Yes, you feel it. Yep. I've got a plate in my ankle now, and every time someone would step on it or kick it or whatever, it's fucking brutal. I stopped kicking to the body because if their elbow hit it at all, it hurt me more than it hurt them. You're going to cry inside the cage. It's embarrassing. so bad. Even in training, even if you had shin guards over it, it still fucking hurt. Yeah. It's painful. Um, what was the next fight? Next fight was the championship fight. Valentina against Andrade. I didn't think it was gonna go like that. I thought it'd be I thought Valentina would dominate a little bit, but I didn't think it was gonna go like that. Well, I you know, I will say that I didn't think she would dominate her so much in the grappling area as far as the takedowns, the number of takedowns the positioning and everything that she did within just two rounds. You know, yeah. I, I did think that she would piece her up on the, on the feet. I thought she was, she's too good at creating angles, understanding how to circle away from the fence. She's just too good at that stuff. You know, she's so technically strong everywhere in the standup. I mean, she was landing some clean shots, but, I didn't think she was going to wrestle near as much as she, or be as you know dominant in that in the wrestling aspect. Because she, how many times did she take her down? Six times, seven times, Something like that. And it was easy. Jesus, with slams. Oh yeah, not all she not was easy. Was just body locking, sucking her in, knee tapping her, but then elevating yep. her to make sure that she landed flat on her back. She yep. was passing guard as she did it. Beautiful work by her. I mean, with the, the conversation really needs to be that she's the best female fighter right now in the world. I'm just you know, it, honest. Everyone wants to say Amanda Nunez, and then everyone wants to put whoever else next. I'm sorry, but I, I think I think if you're talking the best with all the best um, techniques, the best on the feet, best on the ground, best on, in like all those things, I think it's her. I've been saying it for a while. She's you know, she's incredible, and, and I take nothing away from Amanda. No, nope. you know, and then that was the whole point that you know people were talking about. Well, you know, Jessica, she's strong and she's got power, and I go. Yeah. Amanda Nunez couldn't fucking knock out Shevchenko. Andrade is not going to knock her out. That's just not going to happen. She, you're, you're talking about a different style of fighter. You're talking about someone that is a, a, a brawling style of fighter, not a, not you know a smooth technical fighter. She's got power, but when you're fighting someone that's technically good, to, to deliver that power is not an easy thing. And uh, I just look at what. You know, Shevchenko has done, and again, she's had two fights with Amanda. She lost both of them. I know that. You know, I did the last one that was the championship fight that went five rounds. It was a close one. It was a split decision. They need to put those two back together because, honestly, I, I just look at it right now. You know, you know, Amanda's going to fight Julia, Juliana. And, okay, can't get really excited about it, and I, I, I don't mean to – say that in any way that you know is detrimental to juliana because juliana is a tough fighter she's she really deserves 
to get that shot because she's done well and she's fought a lot of good people. But if you're looking for that fight that you go, eh, Amanda's got a real shot, you know, of being beaten in this fight. Not really against Juliana. It's against Valentina. Yeah. Yeah. The problem is, though, is that Valentina, she has leaned out. She's slender. She's not, like, she doesn't look like there's a whole lot of, like, she's right where she needs to be. That's the thing. And now we're going to have her put the weight back on to go back up and fight. I just, as much as I would don't. You're right. She shouldn't do it, but I'd like to see it. I know. I agree. I would like to see it as well. Just because I'm getting tired of watching these two beat everybody else. It's like, (laughs) let's just just settle this right now. Have you guys fight each other. So, um, settle. I I watch that fight over and over again because it it is a good fight. Every time it's a good fight. I think Valentina is getting better and better every single time. Um, Amanda is, I, I think Amanda is just Amanda. She's got big power in her hands. She's got good, you know, she's got good takedowns, decent takedowns. She's a black belt in jiu-jitsu. But I just think the size of her overwhelms Valentina when it comes to what she can, what Valentina can actually do to her. So having to have her put the weight back on is just the biggest problem. I think that's probably the biggest problem. Yeah. yeah. Well, I think physically Amanda is just strong. Yeah. You know, she's a strong, you know, female and she's, you know, she's just bigger than Valentina. And so with that strength, with her power, you know, she can't be just thrown around, you know, so. I I think Valentina is the better fighter, though. Yeah. You know, I I say she's a more technical fighter. That's the better fighter. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, I'll go. Josh, (laughs) bow down. You're right. I'm going to say that. She, in my opinion, is the right now the best women's fighter there is out there. Yeah, I agree. I'd have to agree with you. But let's not forget Thug Rose. Thug Rose. <laughs> Thug Rose Nama Yunus does that freaking. Okay, I did not see what, you know, we, we talked about, you know, and I thought it's going to be the, the jab, cross, hook combination that she can hit her with. I didn't see the kick coming. <laughs> Oh, you know, what's funny is I was watching her fight uh, in the highlight reel and I kept saying if she can set up the kick when she had fought uh, Michelle Watterson, right? She knocked out Michelle yeah. Watterson with the head kick. Yep. I was like, I forgot that she kicks so well. I forgot. About that. And then the karate back goes out there and does this. I was like, oh, you know, I was just that my yeah, I forgot she kicked. So I, didn't, I totally forgot about that fight until the highlight reels came out. And I was like, oh, shit, I forgot. She's she doesn't just have dogs in her, you know, in her hands. She's got him in her feet too. So it's she's like, a well-rounded fighter. She is. She you know, is. She's and especially when you know she's coming out in the first and second round with that movement. And I think you know I think Whaley's camp was counting on slowing down that movement with that that lead leg kick and uh, throwing the back kick to the leg to try to you know make her start to slow down the movement a little bit later on. But you know in the first couple rounds when. When Rose has got that movement and she's long, she can fight with anybody. Yeah, you know, and, and she is a, she's trouble for anyone. And so you you you're look, going into the fight. I was looking at when she was sitting there as as Buffer was announcing her. She's going, "I'm the best. Oh. I'm the best." Right? I was like, "Okay, that's either a good thing or a bad thing right now." <laughs> I'm not sure which one to go with. And I was I was going to text you. I said, "Nah, just let it go." I was thinking but, Leo Sanchez. Yes, it's exactly yes. what I was thinking. Yes. I was like, that's, she's. And that's why I said that's either a good thing or a bad thing. <laughs> yeah. Because like, I'm like, 
All right, she's either turning into Diego, okay, or she's really just going, you know what, I'm the best, I belong here, I'm going to prove it. So, no, it was, I thought it was actually cute that she was doing it. And then after the fight, you know, Pat with his thing, and she goes, you know, I am the best. I she's right. Right now, she, straw weight, she's the best. That was funny when, when Joe had asked her that stuff, like you were saying, I'm the best. And she's like, well, I'm the best. I have the, basically, I have the belt around my waist now. I'm hello. Hello. But uh, good stuff, man. I mean, like, honestly, you know, there was a lot of controversy going up to leading up to the fight because of some of the comments made, you know, about China, this and that and whatever. But it's like the bottom line is, is at the end of the day, it's a fight and they're going to get in the cage and they're going to fight. And when they do, someone's going to win. Someone's going to lose. I mean, that's yep. really how it happens, you know. So um, I thought overall she did what she had to do. I thought the fight, honestly, Whaley, Whaley. She started off slow against Joanna. She yep. was losing those first couple rounds. Yep. And I don't know if she thought after the Joanna fight that it was going to get easier. You know what I mean? Like, oh, I've just went through and all the hype and the publicity. Because this is what happens, I think, with fighters after they have a fight like that. They now are famous. Like, she was, you know, she was obviously popular before. She's a champion. But that fight catapulted her into this next level of being the champion. Fight of the year. So it's a yeah, fight of the year. So it's like that type of talk and that type of hype, those type of things. You walk into that cage with a little bit more like being overconfident, I think. You saw the look on her face when she was doing Now she's kind of always like that, where she just kind of like just kind of stalks after you, not a whole lot going on, then explodes. She's always stalking. Yeah, she's just kind of stalking slowly. She's a but do you think, let me ask you a question. Do you think that the weight of, Keeping that belt and being a champion for China and the weight of her country on her shoulders, I think that might have something to do with some of it. No, I don't think so. Okay. She had that against uh, Joanna. You know, I think she had that against Joanna. I mean, but she fought her fucking ass off in that fight. She did. I think, I think, um, I think she was thinking what we were talking about last week. All you got to do is just drag her a little bit into the deeper water, and yeah. that's kind of what happened with Joanna. If I get her into that third, that's end of the late second, third round. I'll just start taking over. I'll start bullying her around. I'll start just just showing her my strength, you know? It never got there, though. Yep. And that's kind of the problem is you got to make sure with with Rose because she's sneaky and she's got power. You know, for someone who doesn't look like she has power, she got it. She does. So, and her placement's on point. You know, you saw that against Joanna too. She gave a little faint, boom, then faded in through the left hook, and bam, it was over. Lights out. And so she did the same thing here. You give a little faint, and then she threw the head kick as soon as the hand came. She actually went inside the guard. So the foot came in inside the guard right here on this side. Boom. Yep. And instead of going, like, through it where she dropped it, most fighters, even myself, a lot of fighters will try to, like, go over the top. Yeah. She came inside right up through the middle, just barely missed, and it landed right on the – it was one of those short-circuiting ones like I got with Eves. Yep. Because it dropped her. She folded back over her foot like Mirko Krokop. Yep. And she just fell backwards, and like you could tell, it caught her across the jaw and a little bit of the neck. The whole thing just went limp, and she fell back, and it was, it was out. Now she got up pretty pissed off, John. She was <laughs> mad that the fight was stopped. Now yeah. that was the fight that I was saying. No, it was a good stoppage. It was a good stoppage. Okay. Yeah, she look at when you if you watch her fall, she falls without controlling her body as she falls. Her head hits hits the thing. Now she does it, that kind of brings her back a little bit, and she sits up. And then Rose comes after, and she ends up getting tossed to her side, basically. Folds over her side. She gets hit with two hammer fists. And what was her reaction? Zero. Nothing, yeah. Zero reaction from her. She was, her arm was down. She's just taking shots. 
That's why Keith stopped it. He was totally right in what he did. She was done. Yeah, Rose okay. kind of missed the first hammer fist when she jumped yeah. on her, and then she hit her with two after that. Yep. The second one, she kind of actually, her hips were up a little bit on the first one, and then her hips kind of laid flat on the second one. She got up. She was pretty pissed off, but. She didn't know what happened. Though. She'll look back. I mean, she tried to do the interview afterwards, and she she forgot what she Okay, was. what is up with that? I don't know. They did they, Okay, they did it multiple times. And now I thought Joe was saying, I'm not interviewing people that have been knocked out anymore. Well, they're right back to it. Well, what is this? The, the Remember when we were in quarantine or whatever, not quarantine, we were in the in the bubble thing when they were doing the Apex. They interview every fighter afterwards. Yeah. I don't need to hear from every fighter afterwards. I want to hear about <laughs> the ones that are exciting. You know what I mean? I'm just being honest. Like, there's no reason to, to waste that amount of time on every, like, every fight. If it wasn't an exciting fight, why do we want to interview him? Kind of like, yeah, just, it's just my opinion. Just my, I guess just me being stubborn. They have a lot of time and a big window. All right. Uh, well, let's jump right into the main event. Oh. Well, John, we, well, 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 Neither we were right, but we were way fucking wrong. <laughs> we, we both thought that Usman was gonna probably get the win, you know. But I, 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 we were both fucking wrong that he was gonna knock him out. I didn't think he was gonna knock him out. <laughs> no, I would be no. lying if I said, "Oh, Usman!" I said Usman was gonna win, but no, I didn't think he was Absolutely gonna knock him out. Not. I thought it was gonna go five rounds if if Usman won. You know, I, I mean, it's, well, not many people have finished Masvidal. No, well, let's be honest. That's the second time that I've seen him finished. I saw Toby Amata do it with a inverted triangle where he choked him unconscious in Bellator. And then I just saw that one. No one. He's not a guy that gets finished. He's good. And uh, it's a matter of that right hand. Straight. Freaking strong. That thing hit so hard. You know, he was out going down. He kind of woke up a little bit when he hit the ground. And then the shots put him unconscious again. And so, you know, that that's one of those, anybody gets hit with a shot like that, you know, from a strong guy, lights out. Yeah, let me, if you guys go back and watch that fight and watch that footage, it, even throughout the fight, but I'm saying that last combination, everything came right from the elbows, from the ribs, straight down the pipe. It was a turn of the body. His elbow didn't even leave his ribs. Until his hips had already turned. Yep. His hips turned, and you can't see it. And I've used this analogy a bunch of times. If someone throws a tennis ball or a golf ball or hits something right at your face, you can't judge the speed because it's coming so fast at you that it's hard for you to move your head out of the way. Right. Okay? It's it's like you know, like shooting an arrow at your face. There's just no way. Like You'd have a hard time moving. You wouldn't be able to judge the speed. Your brain cannot register that it's coming at you in that at that time this, of speed. This short window and that much speed, and by the time it's you're reacting, it's over. It's already there. So, but if you put a little bit of an arc to it, you can see and judge the speed a lot better. Doesn't mean you're gonna get out of the way of it, but nope. you can at least prepare yourself to be hit by it. He didn't he didn't have a chance. I mean, that, that his jab, Usman's Just, jab down the pipe is good. He feints with the little left hook and throws the right hand straight down the pipe. Very impressive, very good stuff. I got to tell you, the work he's doing with Trevor Whitman. Working. It's working. I think the one-on-one -on -one attention, the more quality time. A lot of these fighters like to go to these big box gyms with a bunch of top talent, which I think is good. But at the end of the day, it's the one-on-one -on -one training you do with your coaches that sets you apart from everybody else. 
boxers. They travel everywhere with their coach, just them and their coach. And that's why you want to know why, because that's how they get better. That's why their hands are so damn good. And so when you go to a big box gym, sure, it's great to get those rounds in with all the other top guys. Iron sharpens iron kind of stuff. But at the end of the day, it's you and your coach when it comes down to the techniques of how you're going to get better. And just working on the drilling. If you look at guys that are some, and I'm not just talking about kickboxing, I'm talking about jiu-jitsu. Some of the guys that are the best at jiu-jitsu, man, they just drill and drill and drill. You look at Hoffa Mendez, Guillermo Mendez, those guys, they put out, not seminars, put out like uh, videos over and over and over of breaking every technique down. And they're like, look, I would drill this move. Just even without a partner or with a partner, it wouldn't matter. I would drill the technique over and over and over at slow speed, not fast. If you go back and watch some of the old Mayweather videos, of him just doing bag work and hitting back. It's like everything was not fast. Not like it was always a, like a kind of a regular pace. Just touch, touch, touch. Okay, explode. Touch, touch, touch. Okay, explode. There was moments where he went hard and fast. And there's moments where majority of the time was just putting in the work. Yep. Getting the rounds in, getting the reps in. And people, I think, in MMA, the fighters in MMA, we've approached the sport, I think, a little bit wrong. In terms of AKA is one of the biggest culprits. We just go super hard all the time. And you end up with injuries on top of ending up with injuries. I mean, sure, there's a lot of mental stuff that comes along with going hard. You know you're ready. Okay, majority of the time we are. But the thing is, is that you're putting a lot of miles on your body. You're also, you know, you're also banging up yourself. But then you're actually not focusing on so much the technique as much as you are of just being able to get, like, grind through the hard stuff. So there's, there's, it's a happy medium you got to work with, but boxing does it. I saw it with Floyd and not all boxers do it, but I saw it with Floyd, but coaches, they travel with their fighter everywhere in boxing. And Trevor Whitman seems like he's got Usman dialed in something that he wasn't getting. And I know Henry helped him a lot. Henry's been there with him, sure. but I feel like he is, we've seen a lot more of straight down the pipe and better gains on the boxing portion of it all with the work with Trevor Whitman. Be honest. Take, take a look at, that fight, you can look at the first round. Usman was hitting Masvidal with some shots. He was. He landed some big shots throughout that the first and second round. He was touching him. Now, George got a couple in there too, but the guy that was landing the heavier shots was Usman. Yep. He He's just getting better. And he, when you see a guy who's champion and he's improving, that's where you go, uh-oh, you got problems. Because you can't just lay back. And, and I'll give you a comparison. Tyron Woodley. When he won the title from, you know, Robbie Lawler, knocked him out with a big right hand, you know, nothing changed from that time. Now, he had some good fights. I'm not saying he didn't perform well. But he didn't change anything and nothing was getting any better. And, I, and, I'm, and I'm always telling fighters, I'm telling anyone, hey, never stop learning. Don't stop learning because as soon as you stop learning, now you stay at that level. You've got to always be learning. You're learning new techniques. You're bringing new things. You're putting new tools in the toolbox that you might at a certain point have to actually pull out to use to get that win against this guy, but you'll have it if you're learning things. Yeah. When you don't learn things, you don't have it, and you're going to end up getting that loss. So this is it's just the difference of what I'm seeing, and I, I'll give Usman – just big time credit, man. Way to go. You're getting better. Continue doing what you're doing. The people you're working out with, it's working for you. 
Congratulations, man. People got to stop overlooking him, and I'm one of oh. them. I mean, I'm, I'm just going to be upfront and honest. I mean, like, look, I thought I if we scroll down, let me see his record here. With no, my, there's only one. There's only one mark down at the second fight, dude. No, no, I'm saying the, the last couple guys. I, I didn't. Oh. Okay, so I thought between him and Tyron, I thought he would beat Tyron because he was a better wrestler, and I knew what Tyron's problem was. His problem was always that wrestlers, when they got into his grill and they made him wrestle a no. lot, he would fatigue and get tired. I thought Colby. I thought Colby was going to put the pace on him where where Usman couldn't keep up. And then yeah, he, I remember you talking about it. And just touch and touch and touch. Then with Masvidal, this first fight, the first fight. I was like, Masvidal didn't have a big enough camp. He's going to be hard to take down. If Masvidal can touch him early, it could be over. But I thought the same shit this fight, you know? So that didn't work. But the Gilbert Burns, I was like, okay, well, he's going to be forced to stand. Will yep. Gilbert be able to finish him on the feet? I like, Gilbert seemed very confident all the way around. In those fights, from the time he beat, he beat Woodley, I kind of had not like rule against him, but I wasn't in favor of him. I was yep. thinking to myself, there's ways for the other guys to win, and I think that they've got a good chance of beating you. I I'm just going to stop now. He's one of those guys. <laughs> he's one of those guys. Now you've just got to gotta come to reality. Like he, he needs to stop being overlooked. He's good. He's really he's good. damn good. And now, he's like, back good. in the pat, like, they were, oh, he's just going to wrestle you and stomp your toes and all this other shit. No. No, no. Now he's going to knock your ass out. Not just yeah. that. You saw it with Gilbert Burns. You saw it with Colby Covington. You know, you saw you saw it with Masvidal. Like you see him doing the work, man. And like you said, he's getting better. He's performing a lot better. Got to stop overlooking him. I mean, tonight, tonight, I'm eating a little bit of humble pie, man. Tonight, I got to eat some humble pie. So it's good to see. I'm glad. I'm happy for him. He seems like a great guy. Um, I love the way he is with his family, you know, and stuff. And uh, he, like, it's hard when you see a guy getting better and you see how humble he is and see how motivated he is. I'm happy for him. Good stuff. Same here. Good stuff. He, de he deserves. Yeah, you know, if this is the this is the one thing that you know I'll say about him for a long time. And the UFC hypes everyone, and that that's their job. I, I'm not not putting them down for it, but you you've got to be able to pick and choose what you're going to believe of what they're saying, and you got to say no, that, that doesn't make sense. That's bullshit. You know, and it's like you know for a while they were saying you know Tyron Willie's you know the greatest welterweight fighter of all time. It's like, are you forgetting a guy named St. Pierre yeah. that fought for you? Don't, don't even, even go there. It's not close and it hasn't been close. Yeah. I'll tell you what, they're starting to hype Usman that way. And it's close. You know, it's a matter of, he's got the same, you know, record wise, his is even getting better. He's only got the one loss mm -hmm. and champion wise. He's starting to go through him man. he's going through good fighters. And he keeps on putting that W where it belongs. So he's getting there. And you yeah. know, they got they got a, they got the real deal there. How old is he? Thirty three. He's I was say thirty two, yeah. I mean he's got I would give him another two years. He's got good cool, great quality fights left in him for another two years. You know? Oh, he's gonna be thirty four coming up, man. Yeah, that's all right. <laughs> I, I think that thirty five range is the, the the issue. Like when you get around that thirty five. But the thing with him, though, is he's got the equalizer, not just with the hands, but with the wrestling. The wrestling will get you out of trouble a lot of the times. If you look at that weight class, I think Colby's really the only wrestler in there in that, in that weight class for them in the top. Colby two. can't out-wrestle him. No, I, I, but I'm saying Colby, though, Colby can make him and can push him to the wrestling put position. to yeah. where Because you saw, look, when he took George down in the first round, he got back up. He was a little slower. He wasn't the same fighter for a split second. George was able to touch him a little bit more in that time. So I think, like, 
he's working a lot more on his stand-up, which means he's neglecting a little bit of the wrestling. Good. You know? And so when you're getting when they have to get in there and wrestle, it's hard. It's really hard to be someone like like how GSP was. He was good on the feet, he was a good wrestler, good top control, good position. He could transition from it's, one to the next without back looking, and forth. Yeah, without looking like he was getting tired. I mean, there was moments where he looked tired, but he was able to gut through it or suck it up or get a second wind or whatever it is. Usman looked a little tired after that first little exchange of grappling, wrestling, where uh, George was able to get back up to his feet. And that's when he got touched the most. And so it'll be interesting to see in the second fight between Colby and him, if Colby is able to make him wrestle, slow him down. And because you know, he likes to fight long. We were talking about with Rose. She fights long. When you fight long, it's more exhausting. Your punches have to go out further and you have to bring them back further. It's more exhausting. Plus the footwork and movement. Usman State, he fights long, but if you add the wrestling in with that, plus making him fight long, it could be a recipe, a recipe for disaster. But I'm, I'm not gonna, like I said, I'm not about to vote against him anymore. <laughs> good. I'm not about to vote against him anymore. I'm glad. But good uh, stuff. I'm, I'm happy for him, man. Good stuff. Uh, yep. Congrats, Kamaru Usman. Congrats. All right. Well, let's uh, let's pop into some. What are we looking at right here? Are we gonna so, do news? Or are we gonna do? Uh, I think we have a sponsor. Don't worry, Dave. I got it. Go to mybookie.ag. Use the promo code Wayne, and they're gonna give you a little extra spending cash. Hopefully, you guys use them tonight to make a little bit of money. I mean, a lot of the underdogs won tonight, so there was a couple underdogs that won. I should say, uh, go with them. <laughs> but uh, mybookie.ag. Use the promo code Wayne in and uh, get a little extra cash. All right now, go ahead and go to the news. You're a little late. Jeez. Um. Jake Paul and DC getting into it a little bit at the fights tonight, and DC getting up in his face. I I, to, I told all you guys. What did I say last week? He pulled fucking John Jones aside by the arm like a little kid and said, "Come here, son. Let me talk to you." What the fuck do you think he's gonna do to this schmuck when you see him in pu in public? Do you think he's gonna treat him any differently? Hell no. I love it. Did you think like I I and they're like, oh, well, he you know what is he his dad? No, this is this is DC. Like, if he doesn't like something you have said and he ever runs into you, he's going to tell you. He's That's who he is. This is It's in his DNA. He's going to be very upfront with you. He's going to tell you what it is. He may, you know, he may, like, down talk you like you like he is your dad, but he's going to pull you aside and be like, hey, do we have a problem? What's going on? Is it what's, what you have something to say to me now? He's going to – it's in his DNA. That's who he is. And we. this is what you saw tonight. I mean, like, D.C., I mean, like, this poodle-haired kid deserved it, just to be honest. You know, <laughs> what do you think was going to happen if they ran into each other? You think DC I mean, like walk in like, oh, it's OK, Jake. It's OK. I get it. You're you're a YouTube guy and you're trying to make your. your... No, no, absolutely not. That is not DC. He is not going to do that. Fuck no. He's going to no. he's going to tell me exactly what he wanted. That's exactly probably what happened. So I don't know. What do you think, John? I think that I love DC, but he needs to. Just look at Jake Paul and go, not even worth my time, son. That's really the way to do it. You know, it's th there comes a point where there's nothing there. Let's just be honest. There's nothing there. What well, you know? He's Daniel's retired. Daniel's got nothing to prove, and Jake Paul can run his mouth all he wants. And why Daniel's going to let it affect him? Shouldn't. Dan Daniel's bigger than that. And so I just look at it and go, you can't, you can't be the dad to everybody and tell them, Hey son, knock off your shit or I'll fucking knock you out. Just can't do it. 
because he's going to be able to say what he wants. He's got he's got a lot more uh, little YouTubers or you know Twitter or Instagram followers than DC, and he's gonna he's gonna run his mouth and do his shit. Don't yeah. worry about it. I look at it both ways, though. I mean, realistically, it's a good thing for the UFC. DC works for the UFC. He works for ESPN, kind of, I guess you could say. But he works for the UFC. It's on SportsCenter. That's like one of their headlines. It's not. <laughs> it's, it's it's a win-win for the UFC. It's a win-win, like, for uh, Poodle-Haired Paul. And DC also, too. I mean, like, he may. I don't think he's going to get any flack about it. I mean, Dana may tell him, like, look, leave the kid alone. We, we have no desire to deal with that. Yeah. And just leave it alone. But I get it. But, like, overall... I think Dana likes it. The old school, <laughs> remember, remember the old school saying like any press is good press. This is that one of those situations where it's kind of a good thing because you know DC's not going to fight him. DC's like, yeah, yeah, it ain't worth my time. He's not going to he's not going to lose he, all the stuff he does for the UFC to go fight this guy for whatever five hundred million dollars. He ain't going to do it. DC's made plenty of money. He's continuing to make a lot of money, by the way. There you go. So this kid, it has no desire for it. So it's just really good. It's a little bit of PR. Any any type of PR like this is is good for the UFC. So just get talked about even more. That's all it is. Yeah. I think it's hilarious. Look, uh, look. Uh, he's doing he's doing the finger point though, man. He's doing the finger point. Slap the shit out of you, son. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Look at Poodle, our kid. Look at uh, he. He's got like a red nose and red face. Look, like he's been drinking quite a bit. I'm sure he was. No, like he's got, he's, yeah. Did he cut he his that. eyebrow? Like his eye? Did he shave his eyebrow? Make that little razor thing, man. Oh my gosh, man, dude! You so much your acne, son. <laughs> oh, what is that? What's that company called that uh, does like the acne cream for your face? Oh, well, uh, dude, I've seen that commercial. I've seen it. I don't. I can't remember. Starts proactive. Proactive, dude! I got it. Look at that. He needs to call. <laughs> he needs to call it proactive and see if they'll. He needs, needs to get a sponsorship from proactive. Yeah, there you go, man. Jeez. All right, what else you got for us there, dude? You wish you could grow a pimple now. That's for young people. <laughs> <laughs> I wash my face. <laughs> That's the difference. So, oh. so Dana had come out and said that Derek Lewis was going to be next because John Jones was asking for thirty million, and then Jones comes out and says, uh, "Where did you hear that I was asking for thirty million? Yeah, I mean, John, <laughs> we, we both know that. Dana is going to say what Dana is going to say. Yeah. And I'm going to lean on the side of John Jones for right now. I don't okay. think John Jones asked. All right, but you know, all right, all right hold on. Let, let's do this. Let's, let's play devil's advocate here. I'll be Dana. You be John. All right. So what, what, what is it you want? I want 20 million plus pay-per-view. That's ridiculous. That's a ridiculous thing. Look, we're we're in this to make money, just like you're in this to make money. And so, Last you know that book, I will pay you. I will pay you. You're gonna let me talk here, John. I will pay you a fair salary. I will pay you. In fact, I will pay you ten million dollars plus. That's not fair. Percentage of pay per view. But if you can get people, since you think this is a big fight, I do think this is a big fight. I think this is a fight that everyone's gonna want to see. But I need you to go out there and sell it. I need you to get the fans, the casual fans, the people that aren't always buying the USC. I need you to get them interested in this. I need you to go out there and sell it. And you and I together, we can make a lot of money on this pay-per-view. And you could get well over that $20 million mark. Well over. Let's How about it, John? Difference. Let's split the difference. I'll go $15 million plus pay-per-view, and I'll help you sell the fight. Now what do you got to say, Dana? 
Well, sitting there saying that you're going to help me sell the fight, that's your responsibility for you to make that pay-per-view. So I'm not going to make, I'm not going to give you $15 million off the beginning. I am going to give you a fair, John, I'm giving you $10 million plus pay-per-view. You have the ability. I want you to think about this. If you are able to sell 2 million pay-per-view buys, do you realize how much money you're going to make, John? Dana. John, you're going to make $30 million. Dana, I checked your books. You guys $30 million, dollars, John. Billion All you got to do is get 2 million buys. $30 million. Dana, $1 billion you guys are making this year. You can afford this, okay? Well, I, I kind of I agree with you there. But the, you know, the, whole, the whole thing is this. is Look, at that. this is what Dana is going to do is say, Look, we, you know, we want to be, you know, we're, we're in business together. And if you're, you know, if you can sell the fight and you're making, you're going to make money, we're going to make money. That's how we do this business. Yeah. I've been in his office in that chair with that conversation. Yeah, I know. So is everyone, man. It's like the one, the one thing I do say for John, John's got to have a, he's got to be, he's got to be at least reasonable enough to listen, but he's got, you, you've got to have your mark. And you got to say, this is what I'm worth. Mm-hmm. And it, it, it definitely sucks when you're John and someone like Dana tells you, no, you're not worth that. I'm not going to pay you that because it hurts, even though it's a lot of money <laughs> and it shouldn't hurt you, <laughs> but it, it always hurts when you, you feel like you've done good things for the promotion. You've always been there as far as trying to, you know, put on good fights and you've, You've been this guy that has had all these wins and you say, I'm not worth it. You're crazy. Yeah. The difference is, so we've heard this from other fighters, you know, a lot of, a lot of top fighters from before. And I, I, majority of the time I agree with Dana White. No, you're not worth that kind of money, you know? And, or if you are, worth I, there, it, I agree too. Yeah. You know, but the thing is he is, he is. all the other fighters. Yep. And that's the problem. And like, that's what that's what, what I'm talking about. And, and he's over here saying, no, I didn't say 30 million. So maybe he's saying 30 million total when it comes down to like, hey, give me 15 or 20 and then we'll go ahead and do pay-per-views on top of that. I don't we, no one knows except for no. two of them, you know, whatever it is. But he's saying somebody else is speaking on his behalf, which is another big time fuck up, whether it's well, his, that's his manager. Yeah. Whether it's his management or whether it's he knows his manager's talking. Yeah. His manager is Malky, isn't it? Yeah. Malky Kawa. Yeah, yeah. So, anyways, but the the bottom line is, is that they've you've got to meet in the middle somewhere. And as much as I like um, John Jones, if Dana's saying, it, I think as a fighter, you say, look, you need to tell me exactly what it is you think is your max offer, and then that's what it is. Okay, and if that's your max, I may try to stretch it one or two more million, you know, and on top of the pay per views, whatever it is, or sweeten the deal another way. You know, that's, that's, that's where I look at it. You can, they can sweeten this deal in so many different ways. Okay. Buy me this car. Give me this membership somewhere. You know, there's other ways like they there and there's other, a lot of other little things, you know, that they can do, but to think that it's just about the money. No, there's other, there's other ways that I can make me feel that it's, that I'm worth it. So Dana's just not being creative. He's probably had, he's towards the end of his road with, with John Jones. But he knows he has John under contract, and he's like, he's going to either make him sit and say, fucking, you waste your, the rest of your career, just sit on the sideline, yep. you know, or do what I say. If I was John, I would go back to 205 and just fucking keep mopping the guys down there. But you're not the champion of 205. Yeah, but you can go down there. He doesn't have to. He doesn't have to. He can still get his normal pay, whatever, $2, 3000000 million, beat those guys and be champion some more. 
if know, I was John, I would do close to what you're saying is I would go back to 205 and I would just fight and I'd fight my contract out. Yeah. I wouldn't fight for the championship. Yeah, that's true as well. Yep. And that way, then I'll say, all right, what am I worth? Yeah. That's really what it comes down to. I wonder how many fights he has left on his contract. I don't know. He's got probably at least three. Well, you figure since he's been the champion, and uh, that, that always extends out at three, so I would say that he's got yeah, he's three. got at least three, yeah. So, I mean, if he, if, I, if I was him, I'd go back down to 205 and just say, nah, I don't want to fight for the title. The shit part of that, though, is that they can offer him the title shot, and every time he turns it down, it extends his contract. Just say, like, no, I don't want to fight for the title. I'll fight somebody else. Anybody else. Give me somebody else. Yeah, I mean, he's a, he, he is, what, 33, 34? I think he's 33, you know? Yeah, it'd be nice. It'd be nice to see him, you know, fight it out. And then that you know they would come back to the 33. You know they would come back to the table with some good money. You know, or they might let him go. The ESPN deal is, is fucking stroking them right now. Oh. That deal is making the UFC all their money. It doesn't make a difference. The fighters, they, they, they don't make as – not they don't make as much – they're not as important to them now. There you go. They're, it's, it, the can, stars, it's a the plug stars don't matter as much. It's a plug and play. I don't need a star. Sure, ESPN loves to have the star, but they're just looking for content on their network. That's it. So what you're going to – I mean, like, look, tonight was was amazing. I'm not going to disagree with that. Tonight, great show. The prelims were great as well. The first two fights in the prelims were fucking barn burners. Great stuff. And the, the crowd had the, everybody on their fucking feet – or had the fighters – just performing at a high level tonight. Very nicely done. Um, but there's going to be nights where the cards suck. Yeah. You know, because that it's not important anymore for for them to start building stars. And sure, stars will rise from the bottom, you know, and they'll, they'll get there. That's what they do. That's what that's what most promotions are able to do. But um, that deal they did with the ESPN, that's taken away. It's taken away the ability for stars to be shaped. So well, it's take it's taken away the ability for stars to have a any kind of power. Yeah, yep. yeah. it's tough. So you can't blame the UFC for signing that deal. It's a great no, deal. not at all. No, no. Okay. Like I said, at the end of the day, this is all business. Yep. So speaking of business, let's talk about Vittori. <laughs> what do you mean? Oh, let's talk about Israel Adesanya set to defend middleweight title at UFC 263 against Marvin Vittori. Shit. I feel like I've heard this before. Yeah. Um, I don't know where. <laughs> Look, guys, it really comes down to business. That's all it is. Whitaker, we talked about it last week. Do I think he deserves a title shot? Fuck. Absolutely. Yes. He's going to get one? Nope. And this is proof. And this said, is, well, it's again, people don't, when you look and you say, take a look at his fight against Izzy, yep. it's hard for them to sell that to the casual fan. Yeah. Whitaker. It's just hard for them to sell. Yeah. Yeah, Whitaker's fight. Where it's easier to sell a guy in Vittori who's now on the same type of win streak, and he went to a split decision loss against Izzy, and he always gotten so much better, and he's beating these bigger guys now, and this and that. It's just an easier sell for him. It's easier business for him, and that's why you and I both thought, yeah, Robert's not going to get that that title fight even though he does deserve it yeah he's the number one contender all that stuff but this is what can happen when you have a promotion and they're in control of their belts and stuff the ranking systems all of it 
The ranking systems are nice. It's great for the fighters to a point, but really it's no different than, you know, they could take Leon Edwards and say, oh, you're not number three. You're even out of the rankings now. Yeah. Okay. So, so that leads us into like the the whole other portion of all the act and all these, but I'm not, I don't want to go that way. I want, I want MMA to stay the direction it's going, John, like it, taking it the other way. Sure. There's problems with the way that this is now, but like shifting it towards the all act or anything else that has to do with bringing unionizing. I think if there was a fighter's union, I think it'd be great. But like what the, the flick kid said, they're fucking too stupid to understand what's going on. That's the bottom line is the fighters are too fucking dumb and can't get out of their own ways. Well, it's not it's not only too dumb. It's that there's oh, always they're dumb, someone. John, John, they're, they're dumb. <laughs> you're, okay? Just put their own like if they all put their own needs for aside for one second, they can't do that. It all made they all end up making more money. This is the whole problem though, That's is the there's problem. always that person that you get all these guys that say, okay, we're not we're not going to do it for this. We're not going to do it for this. And there's, well, I'll do it. Yeah. There's always going to be that person. Yeah. And I, you know, it, it, I don't care if it's fighters, you know, officials. There's always that person. So, yeah, it's tough to, to get any kind of solidarity, any, you know, teamwork, any of that. Not with a sport where it's all about individuals. Okay, so I get that part, and I understand. But if you guys go back and you guys look at parts of when the NFL was on strike, and I know it's team situation, but like it was a while, started dragging out, and they ended up being able to make more money in the long run. I'm not saying that you need to have everybody because look, you can't have if you have a couple guys that come over from the LFA and try to fight in the UFC. Sure, they're going to do well, okay, but they're not going to have the type of fights that you're going to have with, say, like an Izzy or a John Jones or any other fighters that are in the top promotions, they're not going to have that same type of feel. And the fans are going to go like, well, I'm not buying this pay-per-view then. So it only takes, it only takes, honestly, let's just say you take 10, 10, I'd say 10 to 15 fighters of the top guys that said, look, we're not fighting. You know, and you, you take 10 to 15 of those top guys and say three, at least four or five of their champions. If they just said, no, let's unionize and everyone jump on board. I, I think you'd have something. I really do. Like at least enough to go to the table and say, look, we don't need to be a union, but we deserve a higher stake in what is going on. You guys are making a billion dollars this year. We deserve more than 12% of the pie. Can you get us to 17? If you get us to 17 or 19, we're done. We're good. We'll take that. I, I, that's all I think it would take. It would only take a cut. I would say 10 to 15 of the top fighters right now to say, look, we are not fighting until we can sit down at the table with you guys and say, Hey, we've got to be able to represent our fighters to get at least 17 to 19% of the stake. I know everyone wants 30, but let's slow it down. Okay? <laughs> let's do baby steps, please. Let's yeah, not you jump can't, to can't make those giant jumps. It yeah, doesn't work. yeah. Business structures don't work that way. They have their already their plan for the year and what they're trying to do. Okay, so let's just baby steps to it. I'm not on Dana's side. I'm on the fighter side, but you've got to be real. The, the reality is, is that it can be done, but you're going to need those guys at the top and females at the top to stick together for a little bit and just say, hey, we just want to come to the table and have a conversation. Okay, so you just said it's never going to happen. It's not. Nope. <laughs> it's not. It's not. It's not. Because they all think that they're going to, they're all making a ton of money right now, but one day it's going to run out. One day you're going to lose that title, and then you're going to be going, "Damn, I wish I would have done it." Because now you'd be you would have been getting paid more to fight on the undercards or on the on the the main card, but the first fight or the second fight. I know you worked your way up there, 
it's always hard. It's always really hard to be the first. It always is, you know, but it, it's got to be done, but it's yeah. not going to happen as much as I want it to. It's not going to happen. I don't even know who the kid's name was. I think it was Jimmy Flick or whatever his name was. Yeah, Jimmy it, Flick. I, I know I don't I, look, you're right. They're not dumb. They just can't get out of their own way to see the bigger picture. But I don't think the Ollie Act is. I don't think it's beneficial. Not for this sport. I don't. I'm not think. saying it is. I'm not saying that's the answer. But I am saying that you've got to take a look and say, anytime you have promotions that are completely in control of rankings, belts, all those things, what do they really mean? Because at any time they can say, "Oh, you're not. You're not ranked number one. Now you're ranked number ten. Yeah. At any time. So. Yeah, yeah. I, that's I, that's one thing I liked about the Bellator rankings how they decide to go the the media. But then I also have a bone to pick with the media. Fuck, they're just <laughs> bad. Jesus, gosh. Yeah. I don't know who the hell they're doing. Like we looked, at, I looked at the pound for pound the other day. I'm like, how in the fuck? Anyway, yeah. let's not get into All right. that. Right Pull my hair out. It's all good. Um, but look, overall the fight's good fight though. Vittori with with Izzy, good fight. Vittori um, coming off the win off Kevin Holland, long, lanky, very similar to Izzy, but not, you know, not not as good on the obviously on the feet. No. What I'm saying, like stylistically, and, and Vittori did what he had to do. He got the takedown, dominated positions, did everything he had to do. So good stuff on his. I think is a is a good prep fight for him to fight Izzy. Whitaker could look good. Maybe Whitaker gets to fight after that. If let's just say Izzy loses, their first thing they're gonna do is give Whitaker the fight. Whitaker oh, would yeah. fight again. First thing they're gonna do is give Whitaker the fight. If Izzy wins, they may make Whitaker fight somebody else to see who fights for the title. I'm just being honest. I, I I could see them giving him the title shot after that if he does. If Izzy does, either either guy wins. I could see them making Whitaker wait a little bit to see if he fights next, depending on the performance of both fighters. Vittori wins, he gets the automatic title shot. Izzy wins, I could see maybe having him fight somebody else. As much yeah, as it pains me to say that he shouldn't have to, I don't think so. I I think I think either way. I think Vittori wins. Obviously, Whitaker is going to get the shot. Yeah. If Izzy wins, I would see Whitaker getting the next one. Still, think so? Yeah. Yeah. I hope so. So I do I. He deserves, he deserves it. it. He deserves it. Yeah, he does. But what you saw with Vittori though too is he's a shit talker. He's he's a little bit of a shit talker. He likes to do the whole thing at the press at the weigh-ins with the. Ah, whatever it is he did with uh, Kevin Holland. Uh, you know what I mean? Like that right there is already something different than what Whitaker is. Whitaker is not a, he's not that person. No. You know, he's not like, like a lot of people like for the longest time, I always loved Dan Henderson, but what you got with Dan was Dan. Like he never <laughs> did anything. Or, like he was just Dan. Like he never did anything. It was like over the, he didn't, he was just fun. Like he, he talked shit. His way of talking shit was like, yeah, whatever. I'm knock you out. Like it was not that wasn't a whole <laughs> lot. You know, there wasn't not a whole lot there. So I think Vittori adds spices it up a little bit. And if he does, if he does beat Izzy, it, for sure him and Whitaker is gonna be a, a good fight. So yeah. Alright, what's next? Uh Willie's being removed from the rankings. It looks like his contract's up. And he probably isn't getting re signed. Well, very nice that you said his contract is up because everyone will say he was released. It wasn't released. He fought out his contract, and we'll, and it looks like the UFC is not going to re-sign him, and that's okay. That's okay. Tyron, you know, Tyron can uh, he can go other places. He can decide what he wants to do. If he wants to go fight Javion Love or Jake Paul, he can do that. 
So this gives him the opportunity where he doesn't have anything over his head. If he wants to do one of those things, go ahead. But it's off of his last performance against Luke. I was hoping that they would keep him. Yeah. I was hoping that they'd re-sign him. And I thought at least three fights based, based upon the fact that, you know, he went out there, he fought hard. He tried to make something happen. He got caught, you know, after he, he hurt Luke, then he got hurt. So, you know, got caught in the submission happens, but I, I always look for how does the person fight? You know, that's one of the things I always liked about Japan is they didn't care if you won or lost. They care how you fought. Did yeah. you go out and, and you fought? You showed Bushido. You went out and you wore your spirit. And that's what I thought Tyron did in his last fight. So I would have liked to have seen them give, you know, give him credit for putting it out there. He deserves it, but it's, uh, you know, it's the business and it's their business choice. And so, you know, whatever, uh, wherever Tyron ends up, you know, they'll be better for it because he's a great guy. Yeah, he is. He's a fabulous person, man. He's yeah. a really nice guy. He's yep. uh, I've trained with him a bunch of times, hung out with him a bunch of times in Vegas and stuff, you know, at some of our the UFC Summit stuff when we first went over. Super fun, great guy, very soft-spoken. Just a joy to be around, man. He is. He, he's done some things that at the times I go, Tyron, what are you doing? But you know, I love the guy. He's a great guy. Well, I mean, like, realistically, I think what it came down to is that they just, they were having a hard time dealing with him when he was champion. And then yeah. after he fought on his contracts, like, look, we don't want to deal with it anymore. You know, especially for the price that we probably have to resign you for. And you've seen the the trend this whole last year because of the COVID situation. All the older fighters are being released. That's just yep. how it goes. Like, you guys, you acquire. It, older fighters with the bigger, heavier contracts. Yep. And that's really what it came down to. That's what I think it came down to. So, yep. Uh, what else you got? Uh, last piece of news is on Oscar De La Hoya apologizing about his commentary at Triller. He said he got carried away. <laughs> Just a little? You don't say. It don't say. Um, I really have much to say. I mean, he... He kind of, I don't know, he kind of ruined it. I was excited about his comeback when he said he was going to fight again. I mean, I was a fan when he was when he was fighting. You know, I've watched all of his fights when he you know, Trinidad and Mosley's. And, like, just it was, I, I was always a big fan. But they got to tell you, just, re, just that one night really turned it off. It just was like, all right. If you're just going to be done, cool. I get it. Like, okay, you're drinking, you're having a good time. But, like, I was kind of, like, pumped. Okay, you're going to have a comeback. Cool, you're, what, 51 years old? This whole Triller thing is kind of whatever. It's fun. It's not – they're not great fights. We all know that. But it's still – it's still, like, okay, this is fun. This is, like, vintage shit that we get to see. You get to see the old-timers throw down. I was really intrigued by the the Roy Jones and, and Mike Tyson thing. They fucked it up with Jake Paul and Ben. But then, you know, like, now they're back with the – I was like, oh, De La Hoya versus somebody. Okay, cool. I'm down. I'll watch it. But then his his commentary, like, and this is in June. Here we are a couple months away. I mean, I know a couple nights about drinking is not going to kill you, but 51 years old. You know what I mean? Like, you're not in, in, in I don't know. It didn't sound like he was drunk because his words were coming out just fine. So it's. Back to Mundo. Yeah. <laughs> well, there was no slurring. There was no, it was, his words were coming out clear. They were just. You know, yeah, I was promised by a person that I I know that's around him that says, no, no, John, he didn't, he wasn't on, he he had just drank, he'd been working out a lot, and so he hadn't been drinking. That was the first time, and I'm like, okay, 
Sorry. I've seen it too many times. I know I know the signs. He was on more than just uh alcohol. So yeah. I hope he gets his craft together. I I look and you know, he was a phenomenal boxer. I've wa- I watched him when he was a young you know, when he was young uh, in amateurs and then he went to the Olympics and watched him throughout his pro career. He's he was a great fighter and man, he was a skilled fighter. Yeah. He was a definite outstanding boxer. And uh if he wants to get back and do it again, great, but off of, you know, what I witnessed and what he was saying, it's like this he really said some things in the Cunningham mirror fight that you Oh yeah. You don't say that. And uh there's just no excuse for it. Uh the fact that he apologized, okay. I thought what Frank did was very classy. I thought so saying, too. you know what? You know, I, I've seen people that uh need, you know, some uh have a, a a bit of a a substance problem and i see it and i hope you get help for that and you know i've been there myself so good luck to you and i thought he was very classy with everything and so if frank can forgive him i can forgive him but uh yeah we'll see what he does we'll see what he does we'll see yeah all right what else you got nothing else Let's scroll through the news let me see <laughs> like three in the morning i don't know what it says right there. What did Colby say? Um, Colby say about what? The finish tonight. He was talking about the finish. What did, what did he say? Here's his comments right here. Well, can you read it? Yeah, I can read it, but then you always complain that I understand it. I can't understand what you're saying right now. Just read uh, it. You know, Kamaru uh, took eight minutes longer than when I would have... Uh, than than when I would finish. Okay, so you can't read. I'll read it. (laughs) (laughs) Go ahead, read it. It's a weird sentence. Longer than when I would finish George Mansvidal every time that we trained. Uh, That guy is a journeyman. Uh, What's he got? Like 15 or 20 losses in his record. That's not... You shouldn't be happy and praising yourself for being a journeyman like that. There's a reason he is a backstabber and a street judas because he's a bum. I mean, if I lost the next 12 fights in a row, uh, I would still have a better record than George Mansvidal. Um, I definitely knew it was a possibility because he puts, and this is him talking about the win. I, I knew it was a possibility because he puts the threat of the takedown, uh, and uh, and that is what Masvidal was worried about. He was worried about the takedown. He didn't want to get taken down and gassed out, so uh, so he's worried about getting taken down. And then boom, hits him with the right hand. So I knew it was a possibility, but it's a different uh, stylistic matchup when I fight Marty. He knows he can't take me down. Hmm. I don't know. I mean, he didn't really say anything that's yeah, it's, it's true though. I mean, Game Brand was a he was concerned about the takedown, you know. So that that we've we've said this for forever now. That split second of hesitation is all it takes for that punch to come straight down the pipe and land land cleanly, and that's all it takes. Also, too, when I flinch with the stand up and you're thinking I'm gonna knock you out and get the takedown, so it goes both ways. And Usman's got it working on all cylinders right now, man. So, Colby, as much as uh, the first time I thought you were going to potentially gas Kamaru out with your wrestling and putting the pace and this and that, brother, I ain't fucking going against Kamaru again. <laughs> no, no. You've no. learned your lesson. I learned my lesson, man. I mean, he's – and plus, when you go into rematches, what is it, like 80-something percent, the first the guy who won the first one is going to win the second one? Especially if he's younger. Yeah, I mean, and he's been About he's been years. active. He's been active too. What he fought since Colby, he's fought. Pull up Usman's record. 
He fought Kobe, then he fought Burns after Kobe. He fought Ajax oh. as well. He fought yeah. Masvidal Burns three times. Kobe's fought one time, right, against Robbie Lawler. Yep. No, against uh, Tyron. Oh, Tyron. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So he's fought T Wood. He's only fought one time, and Usman's just gotten better with the what the three or four fights after. So mm. it's just activity is key, I think, especially when you're the champion because he's just raking in the cash. <laughs> like when you're the champ, you're making that championship money. Good for him. Yeah. Good for him. Um, all right. Well, I guess that's everything, huh? Sounds like it. Sounds like it is. Hopefully you guys enjoyed the show. Hopefully it was a good show for you guys. Hit the thumbs up. Hit the little bell on the bottom right corner. We want to ask you guys to hit that subscribe button. That's the main key point of this whole thing is hit the subscribe button. Please. Hit the subscribe. I think it's red, right? Down below. Isn't it red? It is red. It is red, right? It says subscribe. They subscribe in red. It does in red. And uh, yeah. Go to ProWrestlingTees.com. Get some shirts. How about that? ProWrestlingTees.com. Go to the ProWrestlingTees.com. Go to Weighing In. You will find a plethora of different shirts. Ones that are our normal logo. We got an old logo. We've got the Karate Kid ones. We have uh, basically home improvements with Terminator. Terminator, too. That's true. We got all kinds. So go there. Use the promo code. And still, and you'll get 20% off. So that's Pick up our deal. limited edition shirt, Cinco de Mayo shirt. which is Cinco de Mayo coming up May 5th. May 5th. It will only be there till May 5th, and then we will wipe that off, and you won't see it ever again. So pick ever. up. Ever. Ever. We'll have ever. maybe another Cinco de Mayo next year, but for okay. this year, this one will only be this one. Okay. I got it. Got it. Um, I believe that's everything, buddy. So It would be the end. I will always love to get, always love to have you say the last words. You know what? I just want to say in the last thing, good job by the guys in the UFC. Everybody that fought, really nice. PFL, way to start off the uh, season there. A lot of upsets, loved every bit of it. And for everyone that uh, is listening to our show, thank you for being a listener. And if you're not, well, then we just want to say see ya.